0: this afternoon, turn to Genesis uh, chapter 48, and we do have our PowerPoint working this afternoon. Uh, The computer was working fine, it's just that uh, that file was missing this morning, and so that's why, and in all the uh, the back and forth of this week and computer problems, that's what happens sometimes. But uh, we survived, didn't we? Uh, Genesis chapter 48, and... uh, This afternoon we'll be looking at Reflections of a Life. Reflections of a Life. The book of Genesis is the book of life. Uh, It's uh, also a book of death. You know, in some ways, the book of Genesis is kind of like a graveyard. I talked about working in a cemetery this morning uh, in our morning service, and uh, um, uh, Genesis is kind of a graveyard, it's a cemetery. Uh, it kind of tells us how death got started. Uh, from the mutilated body of Abel to the unbroken list of death. You know in chapter 5 where it says, And he died, and he died, and he died. You go down through there and every, after each person that's listed, it says, And he died. And all the way to the destruction of the world in chapter 6, the flood. Uh, the book of Genesis really kind of becomes a book of death as well. Every one of us, uh, one of the heroes introduced in this book, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, they all died in the, in the pages of Genesis. So it becomes kind of a book of death. Now chapters 48 and 49 here chronicle the death of the great patriarch Jacob. He lived for 147 years on this earth, and, and yet eventually the hour of his death came. And we do not like to Talk about death—it's a subject that we do our best many times to avoid, and still death is stalking us. Uh, and one day we all have an appointment with death. If the Lord doesn't come before then, because in Hebrews 9:27 says it is appointed unto man once to die, we all have that appointment. We just don't know when it's going to be. Uh, you can't schedule that usually uh, with the doctor, like you do the doctor's appointment. Uh, But we have an appointment, and uh, it's coming. Uh, And we don't like to think about it. But what we learn as we watch Jacob finish his life, I think can help us in the day of our own deaths uh, as it approaches. What we learn here can help us live a life knowing that death is coming. And so today we want to look at reflections of a life. I want us to see the uh, reflection on a past, uh, how... Uh, Jacob's going to reflect on the providence of God. He's going to reflect on the present. He's going to reflect on the promises. And so we're going to look at these areas that uh, were on the mind of Jacob as he was approaching his day of death, his appointment with death. Notice, first of all, Jacob reflected on the past. As Jacob approached his date uh, with death, his appointment, the past was on his mind. Uh, He remembered three high places that stood out on the landscape of his death. First of all, he remembered uh, a spot. He remembered a spot. Look at verse 3 and 4 where it says, And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make thee a multitude of people and give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. Uh, Jacob was remembering the night when he met God. He remembered a, and uh, the place uh, in, uh, of Bethel in Genesis 28 that we read about. And Jacob remember, remembered what happened that night. He remembered the covenant the Lord made with him. He remembered the promises that God gave him. And even as he was dying, Jacob remembered the place and the time when he met God. I wonder this afternoon, do you have a spot? Do you have a spot? A place where you remember, uh, maybe uh, where you met God? Perhaps it's the place where you got saved. Maybe it was at the front of a church, or uh, on the couch in your living room, or in your bedroom, or out in the woods someplace. Someplace where you remember in your mind, even now, though you can't go there. I remember a spot. It was a spot in the nursery of the Crestview Bible Church in Hutchinson, Kansas. It was a spot where My teacher, my godly teacher, led me to the Lord. I remember that spot. It's in my mind just like I could just turn the corner and go right in the door, right there. That's the spot where I got saved. That's where I trusted Christ as my Savior. Maybe you have a spot where you remember where you were saved. Uh, Maybe you have a spot where you remember uh, where you made a special decision in your life. Maybe it was a decision to... Uh, to submit to the Lord's call upon your life, to do some particular work where you dedicated your life. I remember some of those spots as well. I remember a, a, a Sunday school classroom where the fellow that I was named after, the evangelist Daryl Handel, uh, counseled with me after I responded to an invitation. And he counseled with me in that little classroom there. I remember that spot because I made an important decision there uh, to deal with sin in my life. I remember a spot... Uh, at camp at uh, Lake Afton near uh, not so far out from Wichita, Kansas where I went to camp as a boy and I remember some, some dedications there that I made to the Lord as I responded to the preaching. Do you have spots like that? you have a spot where you can remember what God did for you on that particular day? You need a spot. That spot will become more and more important to you as you, your moment of death draws closer. Now, why do I say you need a spot? Well, it's because it can be a great weapon when the doubts and the trials come in your life. When the devil tries to tempt you to to question your salvation. Oh no, devil, I remember that spot where I trusted Christ as my Savior. I remember the verse that God, the spot in the Bible that I placed my trust in Christ on that particular verse. So don't bother me, devil. Don't try to tempt me to doubt my t- uh, t- uh, salvation. I've got a spot. Perhaps you may not be able to go directly to that spot physically, but in your mind's eye you can, and in your heart you can say, I know what I believe because it was there when I trusted Christ for salvation or for strength. Even, but even more important than that physical place is the place in God's Word where you can go perhaps time and time and time again and you can receive the strength you need to live for the Lord. Do you have a verse? Do you have a passage of Scripture that gives you assurance of your salvation and leaves absolutely no doubt in your heart about your spiritual status? Do you have a favorite spot in the Bible where you run to during the times of trial in your life? Or maybe your spot is is the Word of God. Maybe the entire Bible is your spot. That's a great place to go. Jacob remembered a spot. He remembered the time when God got a hold of his life. And he changed from Jacob to Israel. Now, he also remembered a spouse. It says in verse 7 here, As for me, when I came from Padon, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way where yet there was but a little way to come into Ephraim, Ephrath, and I buried her there in the way of Ephrath, the same as Bethlehem. Jacob remembered the greatest love and greatest heartbreak of his life. He thought of his beloved wife, Rachel, He remembered how he felt when he saw her. He remembered their love. He remembered how he had to work 14 years just to have her as his wife. He remembered all the happy years they shared together. He also remembered how she died. He remembered the love and he remembered the loss. Jacob saw his Rachel at the high point of his earthly existence. She'd been dead now two decades but Jacob had never forgotten her. She looked at as so he looked at Joseph's sons, Manasseh and Ephraim standing before him, he was reminded of his, his Rachel and of her legacy. Now, look back just now and remember, maybe take a moment to think about all the important people that God has placed in your life. Maybe it wasn't a spouse, but maybe it was some person that God placed in your life. Think how they shaped you into a person that you are today. Remember them and take a moment to thank God for your heritage. And for the people that He has so graciously placed in your life. Again, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for her sticking with me for all these years. But I'm also thankful for some other people. Remember that spot that I said back there in the nursery uh, of uh, Crestview Bible Church? I'm thankful for a lady by the name of Doris Schrader who faithfully had good news clubs after school. She taught vacation Bible school. And she made sure that we knew about the gospel. I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for her for her husband. Her husband was the song leader of the church. And as I was in probably junior high or high school, he says, All right, Daryl, how about you leading the singing for Sunday school opening? Me? He said, Yeah, you can do it. You know, anybody can lead singing, right? All you have to do is it's like playing basketball. Brandon. It's like playing basketball, you know? Just lead the singing, okay? You know, and then you can even get fancy sometimes and you can, you know, you bounce it off the, the ceiling or the side or this side. Just like playing basketball, that's all it is. Well, I'm thankful for that, that man who got me started in directing and leading the singing as a young boy. Maybe you have someone special in your past. Maybe someone in your life right now. Take time to thank God for them and take time to thank them for what they mean to you. He remembered a spouse. And then thirdly, he remembered a spirit. He remembered a spirit. Verse 16, And the angel the angel which redeemed me from all evil blessed the lads, and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Here Jacob blesses Joseph's sons, and he remembers an angel. He remembers a divine encounter with God that forever changed his life. Again, similar to remembering that spot, remember Jacob wrestled with the Lord one night, and when the sun rose on the new day, he walked a different walk the rest of his life, not just physically, but spiritually. He remembers the day that Jacob became Israel. Jacob was remembering the amazing, life-changing work of God in his life. I wonder, do you have a place in your past where you surrendered it all? Do you have a place where you laid it all down and began to walk with the Lord without reservation? Again, I know where I was saved. I also know where I surrendered some things to the Lord. In fact, I've had many places along the way, as I said, where I took parts of me and gave them away to God. I can remember a time when my walk and my talk and my ways changed forever. you have such a place? you ever had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? He deals with your heart and convicts your heart of sin and you say, I've got to get this changed. I've got to deal with this now or else I'm going to die. If not, this would be a good place to do that. Jacob reflected on the past. Secondly, Jacob reflected on the providence. He reflected on providence. As Jacob was dying, he looked back over the years of his life and he remembered the times when God had blessed him along the way. Now let's see what he remembered. I'm sure a lot of it will dovetail with our own experiences. He remembered God's providence in verse three, it says, "And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz, Luz, and the land of Canaan, and blessed me." Verse eleven. And Israel said unto Joseph, "I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath showed me also thy seed." Jump down to verse twenty-one. And Joseph said unto the uh, Israel said unto Joseph, "Behold, I die." But God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers. You see, Jacob was remembering the times that God had moved in his life. When God had moved to accomplish his will, to lead Jacob down the right path. And I thank God for his providential work in the lives uh, of his people. You think of that Psalm 37, which we uh, memorized In verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Psalm 40, verse 2, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. Just look back over your days, your life, and remember the awesome providence of God in your life. And then he remembered God's provisions. Verse 15, it says, And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long until this day. He spoke of God, which fed me all my life long until this day. Jacob remembers the past, and as he does, he remembers the provisions of the Lord. He remembers how God uh, always came through for him. And that's the God that we serve today. The same God that Jacob served, you and I serve. There have been some lean lean times along the way, and there uh, has never been a time when the Lord failed me. He's lived up to all He promises in the Word of God. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Matthew six says, 25, says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought of your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat, than the body, than the raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, if we'd be honest about it, We'd have to remember that, you know, God has met all of our needs. He's blessed us far uh, above and beyond anything we deserve. God has been good to his people. And then Jacob remembered God's power. Go back to verse 2. It says, And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. Now look at that verse again. Do you see the transition there? At the beginning of the verse, he's called Jacob. At the end of the verse, he's called Israel. Jacob means trickster, subplanter, heel grabber. Israel means prince with God. And so as he's laying there dying, Jacob takes time to remember the God who changed his life. He remembered the awesome power of God working in him and through him changing him from what he was to what the Lord wanted him to become. And I trust that's been your experience as well. I want to praise the Lord how he changed my life. He saved me, made me a new creature for his glory. So we find Jacob reflects on the past. He reflects on the providence. Thirdly, he reflected on the present. As he lay here dying, he knew what all the blessings were, uh, we're not all in the past. The Lord had placed some things right in front of Him right then that reminded him of His blessings that day. And it reminds us of His blessings today. Notice the evidence of grace. In verse eight, it says, "And Israel, beheld Joseph's sons and said, "Who are these?" And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons, whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see, and he brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath showed me also thy seed. Jacob is embracing the two sons of Joseph. And there was a time when he thought, I'll never see Joseph again. And now he not only gets to see Joseph, but he gets to see his children. By the grace of God, Jacob not only sees Joseph, but he sees his boys. That's grace in action. I wonder, can you see the evidence of grace in your life today? I can I can see His grace in my family. I can see His grace in my ministry. I can see His grace right here in this church. I'm seeing things and doing things, experiencing things I never imagined. I told someone at lunch, I thought I'd never get out of Kansas. I've almost lived out of Kansas more years than I lived in Kansas. Maybe not quite. But I've been able to do many things that I thought I'd never been able to do. It's all because of God and His grace. I've been surrounded by the evidence of grace. Notice the expansion of grace. Verse 5 and 6 says, And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee, into Egypt are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they, are, they shall be mine, and thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance." Jacob adopts these two sons of Joseph. He gives them an inheritance among Joseph's brothers. He is, in effect, giving Joseph a double portion of the firstborn. And When the inheritance of the nation of Israel was given uh, many years later, I don't know if you ever realized this, but there's no tribe of Joseph. But there were tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim. You know, the grace was active in Jacob's life from how it flowed from him to his successive generations. In other words, because of the grace of God that was upon him, he was able to hand down a heritage, a legacy to those who followed him. You know, that is the way it ought to be with us today. Just as Jacob handed down his blessings to his grandchildren, we ought to strive to hand down the gifts of God and His great grace to those who are following after us. I want to give a legacy of preaching, of worship and obedience to God, to those who come after me. I don't know about you, but I'm praying so my grandchildren will be called into full-time service for the Lord. The expansion of grace. Then the economy of grace. We'll not read the entire 12, uh, 12, verses 12 through 20 here, but in these verses, Jacob will bless Joseph's sons. And Jacob gives the blessing of the firstborn to Ephraim instead of Manasseh. And Joseph tries to intervene, suspecting that Jacob couldn't see what he was doing. You see that in verse 18. But Jacob was carrying out the will of the Lord and he knew exactly what he was doing. In the kingdom years, Ephraim became the most powerful the most populous tribe in Israel Manasseh became or was second <coughs> God gave the blessing to whom he chose and that's the way it is with grace <clears throat> God blesses whom he will God uses whom he will God chooses one over another without explanation You know when we see another person being blessed more than ourselves we have a tendency sometimes to get jealous Yet we should praise God for the simple fact that He would even bless any of us because we do not deserve it. Any blessing of God in our lives is pure grace. Anytime the Lord uses us, it's pure grace. And I look around today and I thank God for His grace in my life and in your lives. Notice, fourthly, Jacob reflected on the promises. Jacob concludes his reflections on his life by remembering and restating the promises of God in his life and to his offspring. And these promises belong to us today as well. Notice, first of all, there's their heritage. Verse 21, And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers. God had a plan for Israel. He led them into, and one day, He would lead them out back to the land of Canaan. They had a heritage. God had made certain promises to their fathers, and He would keep those promises to His people. And you and I have a heritage as well. Our spiritual fathers believed God. They loved Him, and they lived for Him. Uh, They preached uh, Him, and they praised Him. They left us a legacy of worship and holiness and pure religion. And we do well to honor our heritage. I'm not looking for a place to change roads. I'm not looking for some new way. I'm confident that God, who sent revival in the days of years ago, will send it again in our day. I'm confident that God, who has blessed this church in the days of its beginnings and through the years, will continue to bless this church even in our day. I'm confident that God will continue to honor His word and keep His promises. They had a heritage. Secondly, they had their helper. In verse 21, you notice that phrase, God shall be with you. Jacob dies by reminding Joseph that God will never forsake His people. He'll walk with them. He'll stand with them until they leave this world for heaven. And we live uh, with that same promise today. Think about it. God is with you all the time, watching everything you do. He's there to protect you. He's there to sustain you. He's there to encourage you, to bless you, to use you. He is our helper. Notice then, thirdly, their hope. One day God would visit His people and He would deliver them from Egypt, carry them to their home in Canaan. That was their blessed hope, and that was just what God eventually did for them. We have that promise as well. Our Lord is coming back for His people. It says in 1 Thessalonians four sixteen, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. John 14 and verse 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. and that is what He will do when the time is right. Now I praise God that I can remember some great things the Lord has done in my life. I praise Him as I look around here today and see the hand of, uh, uh, at work, his hand at work right now. and I'm thankful. I have the promises of God for my future. How about you? Are you saved this afternoon? Can you see the providential work of God in your life? Are you surrounded by his blessings today? Are you standing on the promises? If these things are true of you and your life, you have been a blessed individual. And you should take some time to thank the Lord for his blessings and his grace in your life. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven.